You know, as we look at this time of year where we're thinking about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, we ask that question, why did Christ come? And as I was thinking about that, I thought, well, what did Jesus say was the reason that he came? And so that's what I'd like to look at. I'd like to look at six sayings of Jesus that he gave us as the reason for why he came. The first one, Jesus said, I came because I was sent. John 8, 42, Jesus said to them, Jesus is talking to the Jews. He's talking to the Pharisees. There is a little bit of tension going on in this conversation, as are most conversations when Jesus is talking with the Pharisees. But he says this, if God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God, and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Are you gripped by the intentionality that is portrayed here? At this point in history, the Godhead, God the Father has said to the Son, now is the time. You are going there to fulfill my purpose, my mission. And the Lord Jesus Christ, knowing as God the Son to be incarnate, to come in flesh, that there is a role to be played in obedience to the one who sent him. Jesus said, I have been sent. Peter, in writing to the Jews in the excursion, said this, kind of covering, in a sense, this big picture, because we know, each one of us here, we know, Jesus came to die on the cross. Even though we're celebrating that manger scene, he came to die on the cross. And Peter says this as he kind of paints that whole big picture. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 17, and if you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish, or spot. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Jesus said, I came to do a mission. I came because I was sent. The second phrase that Jesus said is found in Mark 10, 45. Jesus said, I came to serve. For even the Son of Man, Jesus is talking of himself, that's his title. For even the Son of Man came not 
to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. God the Son, not born in a palace, not born with titles, not born with riches, but born in a, in a, in a stable and put in a manger. You think about the stories that we have, the accounts of what Jesus did, how he said, you know what, I don't even have a place to lay my head at night. I go from here to here to here. Why? For the sake of other people. We see Jesus going off and spending nights in prayer. Why? For the sake of his relationship with the God the Father and for people. We see Jesus in the Last Supper talking with the disciples where he actually takes a towel, wraps it around his waist, and does what? Washes their feet. And says, this needs to be an example for you. That as I washed yours, that you would wash others. One of the most uh, powerful examples for me personally of Jesus serving is found in Matthew chapter 14. It's not a very nice picture. It's actually that situation where John the Baptist was brutally murdered in the most unjust and evil way that we can imagine. We just pick up the story in Matthew chapter 14. But when Herod's birthday came, the daughter of Herodias danced before the company and pleased Herod, so that he promised with an oath to give her whatever she might ask. Prompted by her mother, she said, give me the head of John the Baptist here on a platter. And the king was sorry, but because of its oaths and his guests, he commanded it to be given. He sent and had John beheaded in the prison. And his head was brought on a platter, given to the girl. She brought it to her mother. And his disciples came, took the body, buried it, and then they went to find Jesus. John was a relative of Jesus. Remember how Gabriel the angels told Mary that Elizabeth was going to have a baby as well? John the Baptist's mother and how Mary went to spend time and how these two women had these incredible miracle babies growing inside of them. What was going through Jesus' mind at that time? Knowing that his relative, the one who came to prepare the way for him, brutally murdered in such an evil, unjust way. Now, when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. He needed to grieve. He needed to be alone. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. And when he went ashore, he saw a great crowd. And Jesus had compassion on them. And he healed their sick. Do you get that? in all of his pain, in all of his grieving, in everything, when he comes and he sees this incredible crowd of people, what does he do? He puts aside what he would like to do, be alone. 
And even in the midst of his grief, what does he do? He dives into the crowd of people to meet their needs, to serve them, to love them, to reach out to them, to touch those that were sick with all kinds of diseases and bring healing to them. Filled with compassion. Because Jesus said, I came to do that. I came to serve. Well, the third thing that we see from Jesus is he says, I came to seek the lost. And I just look at these three verses that we have here pretty much saying the same thing. Look at Mark 2, verse 17. And when Jesus heard it, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Common sense. It's those who are sick that need the physician. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. Jesus said, I came to be with the sinners. You know, what, what would that look like? I, I think if our church was back in the time of Jesus and we were following God, I think he would walk here and he would greet us and he would say, I love you. And he would say, keep going on the way you're going on. And then he would leave and he would go over to the zoo and he'd spend the rest of the day over there with the people over there. Because he didn't come for people who didn't need the physician. He came for people who were lost. And that's where he wanted to spend his time. In Matthew 9, 13, here's another one of those places where Jesus is having a little friction with the Pharisees. Go and learn what this means. Pretty direct, isn't he? And then he gives a quote from Hosea in the Old Testament. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. You know what he's comparing there? He's comparing doing religious rituals and loving people. And he's saying, if I have to choose between these two, Loving people wins every time. You cannot just go through these ritual ceremonies and not have mercy and not care and not love people. And that's exactly what he says in Luke 19.10, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. To seek. Not just who I happened to bump in during the day. No. Jesus came to seek out needy, hungry, lost, thirsty people. And I think one of the funnest stories in the Bible is where this passage in Luke 19 comes from. Let me just read this for you. You'll love this. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through, and there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich, and he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd... He could not, because he was small of stature. So he ran on ahead, and he climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, 
he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. Isn't that beautiful? Now, what did the religious people say? And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. Have you ever heard that? Where would we find Jesus today? Wherever there are sinners. Where should we find ourselves today? And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my goods I give to the poor, and I have defrauded anyone of anything I restored fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is the son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Fourth saying of Jesus. Jesus said in John 10, Verse 7, I came to give life, to give abundant life. So Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door, the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, and the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. Don't go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But I came, I came that they may have a life and have it abundantly. I love that picture of a shepherd and the sheep. I love that picture of pastures. I love that picture of God taking care of us. We have been created and designed to function totally, completely in unity with the living God. We will feel fulfilled. We will have our purposes met when we are in that relationship. But there are others who come to steal, kill, and destroy, who would like to say, no, 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 if you have titles or riches or all of these things the world can offer you, that is going to do it, and it's not. And in the end, the enemy only steals, kills, and destroys as people are deceived into thinking that because Jesus said, I'm the door. And the life that he wants for us, it's not just get by, it is abundant the way the Father designed it, and that abundant life is going to come to fruition when we come to heaven and we spend eternity with a living God. I came to give life an abundant life. Fifth saying, Jesus said, I came to give truth. Jesus is very close to being crucified. He is with Pilate. Pilate is interviewing him. And in this chain exchange of dialogue, he says, you are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you're right in saying I am a king. In fact, for this reason I was born. And for this, I came into the world 
to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Pilate was shocked at these words. Jesus came to testify to the truth. Jesus was the truth. Jesus testified through the truth through all that he was. Because in Christ, he has told the world the plans of God the Father, what the future is going to be, how there is meaning in life. It is all wrapped up in knowing him. That's why Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Think of the claims that Jesus made. John has recorded them for us in his gospel. These are the things that Stefani prayed us through in our prayer earlier today. Listen to what Jesus said about himself. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door of the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the true vine. And the one we started with, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus came to give truth. And then finally, in John 12, 27, Jesus said, basically, I came to suffer. This point in Jesus' life, he has not entered Jerusalem yet. He's not gone through the Last Supper. But he says this as his heart, as his mind, as his focus is on Jerusalem and what is coming. He says, now my heart is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No. It was for this very reason I came to this hour. I came to die. This has been the plan. This was not plan B. This was the plan that God set up before the creation and the foundation of the earth. That God wanted to have people like you and I who would choose to love him. And he knew that when that fall would come, that the only way we could be restored to be with him is through the sacrificial blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he would make a way for people who are choosing to love him, choosing to follow him, choosing to repent, choosing to obey. The only way to come back is through the Lord Jesus Christ. And years and years and years before Jesus came, this was so clear in Isaiah chapter 53, as God has revealed through the prophets this purpose that has been from time past for today, 
Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he is wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his stripes we are healed. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We've turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Jesus was sent to die. And he states that clearly to us. So let's just look back and review. These are the things that Jesus has said why he came. He came because he was sent. He came to serve. He came to seek the lost. He came to give abundant life. He came to give the truth. He came to suffer and die for the forgiveness of our sins. Jesus died. Three days later, he rose from the dead. And as Jesus is going to go and for the very first time meet with his disciples, what is he going to say to them? Here are the disciples and the other followers that are with them, many of whom scattered when Jesus was taken prisoner. They were afraid. They were fearful. They were confused. Life was turned upside down. And as Jesus comes to them three times, he says to them, you need to have peace. Let's look at what he said in John. Chapter 20. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them, and he said to them, Peace, peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands, he showed them his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. But listen, brothers and sisters, get this. What does he say next? What is on his heart, his message, his purpose? The first time that he is back with his disciples, he says to them, As the Father sent me, even so, I am now sending all of you. Brothers and sisters, that purpose, that mission, that character, that life, all those things that were Christ, he has now commissioned to you and I. We are now the sent ones. Why are we here? Here 
in this place, in this city, at this time. It doesn't matter where in the world we are. I wanted you to see pictures of people on the ship, people just like you and I, and get that mindset of what does it mean to be sent? What does it mean to be focused? What does it mean to be like Jesus? Because that is what he calls us to do no matter where we are. He is calling us. We are now the sent ones. We are to serve like Jesus served. We are to seek the lost like Jesus did. We are to point people to the abundant life. We are to speak the truth. We are to suffer for the sake of others. As the Father sent me, Jesus said, I am sending you. And I'll just close with John chapter 12. This portion that we were reading a little earlier. In verse 23. And Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven, I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. Father God, we thank you for this truth that you have given to us about the Lord Jesus. Father, as we try to even begin to understand what does it mean for us to be sent, Lord God, I pray that your Holy Spirit will burn that into our hearts, that you will show us what you want us to do, the lives you want us to lead. Father God, we are here because we love you. We are here because we worship you. Lord, take us deeper in you for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen.